If you would, open your Bibles again and uh, go with me to the book of Matthew, please, the second chapter. Matthew 2. Before we get into this, um, let me make announce before I let it slip. We were, we had announced that we were going to uh, broadcast live on our uh, New Year's Eve service. Uh, we've had some tef- uh, technical challenges on that, and I don't. Uh, we, we don't think we can assure that it would be a good stream, and I wouldn't want you here not able to see it, And we're, so we're not going to do it. Uh, you can, if you want to check and see if you can see it at home on your computer, it's, it's a possibility, but uh, we'll just uh, cancel that and not have that. Uh, as, obviously, we meant to, we wanted to, but uh, do you understand? Yes. Uh, I guess better than, than you sitting here going. Is that the best they could do? Why can't they get that thing to work right? I don't want, it, you know, nobody wants to be frustrated by that. And so um, you can just celebrate wherever else the Lord directs you to be. And uh, so no live service here uh, broadcast here or in Sarasota on Christmas Eve. And uh, we, we apologize, uh, no, New Year's Eve. Help me out here. When is it not going to be? New Year's Eve. Thank you. And we apologize for that, but I uh, believe that's the, the right thing to do right now. Uh, Matthew 2. Matthew 2. Everybody happy? Yes. You believing with me? Yes. I would ask you to. It's the anointing that teaches. Isn't that what the scripture said? It's it's not men or women's oratory ability. It's the anointing. And that's not an intellectual thing. That's not even a verbal thing. Is everybody awake? The anointing. Well, the anointing is manifestation of the person of the Holy Spirit, who is the teacher. And uh, it's a spiritual atmosphere and environment. And in that anointing, in that environment, you see things, and you know things, and you understand things. And things are revealed to you. And things come clear to you. And answers come. Hmm? Solutions are realized. Direction is made plain and clear. And that was not one man or woman doing something for another. That's the anointing. He, he uses you and me and the service time and the atmosphere and But it's the anointing that teaches. Say it out loud. The anointing anointing teaches me. me. How many understand that's a quote from 1 John? The the anointing. It's the anointing that that teaches. 
You have an an unction or an anointing of the Holy One and you know all things. It's the anointing that teaches. And uh, one reason I'm taking some time to talk about it is because you don't want to try so hard intellectually to get stuff. Because that's not how you get it. You don't figure out the things of God from intense mental activity. (laughs) It's not how it works. It's not how it works. You're in the environment of the anointing. And in that soaking presence, you just start seeing things. And knowing things. And understanding things. Glory to God. And your spirit and your faith is fed. And your soul is quickened. Your mind is renewed. And your body gets charged too. It's just good all the way around. (laughs) Say it out loud. Thank you Lord. For the anointing. That teaches me. Hallelujah. Do you find Matthew too? You think these words in Matthew are anointed? Yes, they are. You don't even have to pray that they would be. They already are. Matthew 2 and 9. It says, when they had heard the king, they departed and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they did what? They rejoiced. Hmm? When they saw the star, they said, isn't that interesting? Now that's unusual. What is NASA saying about that? <laughs> the such and such observatory. That sure is interesting. No, no, no. What happened when they saw the star? They rejoiced, they rejoiced a little. No, no. Huh? No. They looked at each other and went, wow, that's exciting. They did what? They rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Say it out loud. Exceeding great joy. Now joy is good. Great joy is really good. But exceeding Great joy is dancing the soles off your shoes. I mean, that's, right, that's, that's messing your hair up, shout. That's, right, that's, that's stuff moving and happening. Joy. I don't think the Bible is exaggerating here, do you? It could have just said they, they, they were happy about it. Gave them a a boost. It could have said a lot of things. 
But it said when they saw that star, something went all over them. Come on, put yourself there. You're gazing up into the night sky. And these guys are no dummies. These are the wisest men in the East. These are highly educated, intelligent, considered wise by all their peers. And they just got beside their self looking at this star. <laughs> Exceeding. Great. Joy. Say it out loud. Exceeding. Exceeding. Great. Great. Joy. Glory to God. Glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Go over to Luke 2. Luke 2. Everybody awake tonight? Yeah, you don't want to miss this. Luke 2. And 10. Well, verse 9. How about verse 8? There were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were so afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you what? Good tidings of what? Great joy, which shall be to the Baptists, Pentecostals. Huh? A select real holy bunch. No, all people. All people. He said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. Somebody say great joy. joy. Say it again, "Great great joy. The coming of Jesus on the scene resulted in? Great joy. And that has not changed. He is the joy bringer. Joy to the world is right on. It's been commercialized. It's been dumbed down. It's been all kind of stuff. But this is real. Exceeding. Great. Joy. This is the very thing. That much of the world is deficient in. Isn't it? How much of the world. Is anything but. Joyful. You can find plenty of depression. You can, find, you can find plenty of heaviness. You can, you can find plenty of hopelessness, sadness, grieving. And if you want to look for it, you can find a reason for you to be sad. Can't you? There's something for you to be upset about in your life right now. Every one of us in here. You, you could fixate on something. And uh, 
perish. I just finished flight training not, not too long, too many days ago. And uh, that's one of the things you don't want to do is fixate on a problem. In flight training, they give you problems. And uh, I didn't do everything perfect. Don't misunderstand me. I made plenty of mistakes. But uh, I did get a compliment from one of my instructors. And uh, they said after a, a particular session we had, we took off right after we broke ground, we had an engine fire. And these simulators are... Uh, they're just like a real airplane. I mean, well, the, the stuff, the nose is off a real airplane, and it's on hydraulics and computer-driven stuff. You think you're in a, a real airplane. And uh, right after we broke ground, engine fire. And uh, I, I saw it, and I said, oh, we have a fire. <laughs> and that's all I said. And I, I flew the plane. And I didn't do a thing with it till I got, you know, when you're 50 foot off the ground in a jet, it's not time to be messing with stuff unnecessarily. You need to be paying attention to what you're doing. And, I, and so I, I got things cleaned up and I got to a safe altitude and, and then I started dealing with the issue. And afterwards they, they told me, they said, I like the way you did that. You just looked up and said, oh, we have a fire. They talked about people that had gotten too excited and tried to do something too quick and messed up and crashed. You can't fixate on the problem. And there's plenty of stuff in your life that's not good or not right. You could fixate on that. And you can talk it and think it night and day and you can pine about it and you can cry about it. And that's how you crash. How many think you know to stay cool and go... Oh, we have an issue. Hmm? And just fly the plane. Just, just, just keep flying the plane, right? And keep thanking God and praising God for all the good things you got in your life. And believe that at the right time and the right way, the Lord will show you how to deal with that. <coughs> right? But if you just go, oh, oh, we're on fire, we're on fire, we're on fire, we're all going to die, we're going to die. <laughs> then you likely will. Greater is he that's in you than anything coming against you. And do you know what it is that gives you the strength to face anything, to deal with anything, to overcome anything? The joy of the Lord is your strength. So it's no wonder that that's the very thing the enemy goes after. It's no coincidence that so much of the world and so much of the church is so depressed. It's by design. It's by devilish design. The enemy's doing everything he can to get you and I fixated on problems. And to lose our joy. And to lose our peace. And to get so weak. That we got no faith. And we're hopeless. And helpless and despairing. And that's how you perish. That's how you go down. That's how you stay down. Oh but you and I. 
have been born again. You and I are more than conquerors. You and I are overcomers. And what is the victory that overcomes the world? Even our faith. And a faith man is not a depressed man. An overcomer, why would you be depressed? Because you're overcoming. Why would you be depressed over victory? You wouldn't be. You're depressed because you're not thinking you're victorious. You're fixated on the problem. Fixated on the problem. I know one of the first little airplanes we got uh, had a little door that you closed on the side here. And uh, the instructor warned me. He said, these doors pop open sometimes in flight. (laughs) And he said, if it does, you do nothing. You do nothing. You fly the plane. He said, now it is it's going to get loud. Everything in there is going to swirl like a tornado because of the wind. But you do not reach for that door. You do not try to close that door. You fly the plane. He drilled that in me. And uh, sure enough, <laughs> it wasn't a year or two later I'd just taken off and I don't know 100 foot in the air pow that little door flies open and it's flapping oh man you talk about I mean every sheet of paper in there swirling around my head and noisy and loud and you know what came to me loud and clear do nothing. Do Fly the plane. Don't mess with that door. So I did. I helped my little self. I said, I don't care if that door comes off. I'm, I am not. It was so loud. I mean, you couldn't hear anything. It's like a little tornado going on in there because of the turbulence and the wind. And that thing is moving. And, 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 and like every sheet of paper in there, I think, came out. Most of it came by my nose. And, <laughs> But I just came back around and landed. No incident. No problem. Didn't hurt the plane. Didn't hurt me. Nothing. Just a few minutes. Made sure it was secure. Took off. Fine. And before the end of the year, I read an accident report that a guy took off in the plane just like that. Door came open and he reached over to try to close it. When he did, he moved the yoke without meaning to. Wingtip touched the ground. Crashed and died. Fixated on the problem. Doesn't that sound familiar to how the enemy tries to, to do folks? He try, I don't maybe it's something through one of your kids. Maybe it's something through people on the job. Maybe it's some financial something. Maybe it's something physical. But he'll try to make that your whole world. Right? And get you just focused on it and talking about it and thinking about it and crying about it night and day. And while you're doing that, who's flying the plane? Hmm? That's how you crash and burn. 
Because you're fixated on the problem. How many think we ought to fixate on one thing and one thing only? Hmm? Go to Hebrews. Hebrews 12th chapter. Hebrews 12. Verse 1. You can see this. Just what we've been talking about right here. Wherefore seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And run with patience the race that is set before us. Do you suppose this involves some focus and some concentration? No question it says it in the very next verse. But do you reckon those that have gone on before us. Those heroes of faith and even our own family members that might know something about our spiritual race. Do you think they're hollering don't pay any attention to that. Don't pay any run your race. Don't let that trip you up. Run your race. Don't let that make you stop. Run your race. Ignore that. Forget about that. Run your race. Persevere. Keep reading verse 2. Looking where? Looking where? Not to fire, not the door that blew open. Huh? Not to pain in your foot. Not the pain in your neck. Whoever that might be. <laughs> don't focus on that. Somebody say don't focus on that. Don't, don't fixate on that. Who are we fixated upon? We are fixated on something. It's just not the problems. Looking unto Jesus, fixated on Him, Hmm? the author, oh, don't you like this next part too, and the finisher. Jesus starts what He finishes. Finisher of our faith. Our faith came from Him, and our faith is finished with Him. He started And he finished. He's our example. We started. I'm going to finish. How about you? I am not going halfway and quitting. I'm not going to let anything turn me around. Hmm? If the engine catches on fire, if the wing falls off. I'm going to finish my flight with him. I'm going to arrive at my destination with him because he's the finisher. And all I got to do is stay with him. And he's more than enough to enable you and I to finish our course. Say that loud. Jesus is who I'm fixated on. He's the author and the finisher of my faith. He started this thing. And he who began a good work in me will finish it. Will complete it. All the way. 
all the way. I'm going to run my race down here. I'm going to finish my course down here. I'm going to breathe my last if, if he tarries his coming and say, Lord, into your hands I commit my spirit and I'm out of here. I'm with him in life. I'm with him in death. And it tells how he did it. He's the example of our faith. He started, he finished. He's the author and finisher of our faith. How did he do it? How did he do it? Anybody reading the verse up here? How did, how did he do it? Of all the things that it could have said. It could have said because he was so strong. Could have said it was because he was Jesus. Could have said it, he could have said many things. Didn't say it. What did it say? For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, which was hard. But he despised the shame. He didn't magnify it. He despised it. Somebody said out loud, for the joy. For the joy. If you're going to make it through, you've got to have some strength. If you're going to overcome, you've got to have some strength. Hmm? And what is your strength? Nehemiah 8.10 says, The joy of the Lord is your strength. It is. And you must protect it. You must not let anything rob you of your joy. Because if the enemy gets your joy, that's the end of your faith too. Your faith is undermined. Your patience is undermined. Your confidence is gone. What are you rejoicing about? About what you believe. About your convictions. About your faith. About your expectations. Your hope. It all goes together, doesn't it? For the joy that was set before him he endured. What will give you this Christ-like endurance? To make it through a scourging. To make it through a crucifixion. To make it through the judgment he endured. What got him through? That took some kind of strength, didn't it? Didn't it? It was the joy that was set before him. He, he could see it. He was headed to it, and he rejoiced from where he was all the way to it. <laughs> and that sustained him and gave him strength to do what he did. He's our example of how to start it and how to finish it. He showed us how to do it. And nobody will have to endure more than he did. Right? No. So whatever happens, you know you can overcome, and you do it the same way he did it. Go to James, please. James, the first chapter. When they saw the sign that Revealed the coming of the master. What happened to him? Something got all over him. Something got all, didn't it? 
something got off. And, and these guys, you know, they're scholars. They're scientists. They're this. They're that. They're not just fools in the street. But I think you might not have known it if you saw them out there that night looking at that star. You'd have thought, man, these guys have been drinking something. Look at them. They were having a big time. They were beside themselves. This is what the alcohol abusing, drug abusing, every kind of other vice and and thing that people are caught up in are trying to satisfy and fill. You and I hunger for this joy. Every human being on the planet hungers for it. And people look for it in the bottle. And they look for it in a pill. And they look for it uh, in owning things or in different kinds of perversion. But even though you may find some temporary pleasure for the flesh, that's not joy. That's not joy. Temporary gratification is still not joy. What we're talking about, you cannot find in the world. You cannot buy it. You cannot snort it. You can't, you can't get it. Any, uh, I mean, you can, you can put stuff in your body until you're delirious and don't know where you are, until you act a fool and you can laugh like a hyena, but that ain't joy. That's not joy. Oh, this joy. This joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me. (laughs) Huh? The world didn't give it. And the world can't take it away. This joy. Y'all awake tonight? Somebody say this joy, this joy, this, this joy. You, You can't find it anywhere except in him. It is the only place, the soul-satisfying, the spirit-exhilarating joy. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) And if you haven't experienced any of it, you're at the right place to get some tonight. Right? And if you haven't experienced much of it, you can get some more. A lot more. And if you've experienced a lot of it, you can get a lot more. How many believe heaven is joy off the scale? Do you believe I mean you can't find a depressed part of town in heaven? You You can't find it. I assure you, everywhere you go, every street, every block, every house, every place you go to, you meet people, they're going to go, hallelujah, (laughs) glory to God. And their eyes are going to be full of joy and their countenance is full of joy and their actions and their movements. Nothing to hinder your joy there. Nothing To restrict your joy there. Plenty of joy kills down here. 
killjoys. Maybe the better way to say it. But if something or somebody kills your joy, it's your fault, not theirs. I don't care what they did. Because no, even though they might have done all kind of things around you or on you or against you, they cannot control in you. Do you believe it, saints? Nobody can control in you. You can let things shape and affect you inside, but that's you letting it happen. Are you in James? This is proof right here. James 1, chapter 1, verse 2. Brethren, brethren, when you fall into different temptations and trials and hard places and hard times, do your best. I know it's hard. I know, I know we all have our low points. And all of us get down from time to time. <laughs> I just echoed 90% of the church world. And it is completely contrary to this verse and to the life of faith people have substituted religious tradition for the word of God and it's costing folks because people will get mad at you if you don't believe that they can't help it but this doesn't sound like you might not be able to help it what does this sound like do what do what? Count it all. All. Count it all. Joy. Now, it didn't say it'd feel like all joy. If it felt like all joy or seemed like all joy, you wouldn't have to count it. <laughs> all joy. Or reckon it. This is something you can do by faith. Yes. And it is the sign of the strong child of God. You know, uh, Phyllis ministered whenever it was a week or so ago and, and led everybody in a laugh. Yes. Hmm? Yes. Did you know that uh, Job said, at destruction and at famine, thou shalt laugh? Huh? Huh? At destruction? You gonna do what? Famine? Famine. You gonna do what? At destruction and at famine thou shalt laugh. That sounds like Romans 4. Faith calling those things that be not as though they were. One of the strongest faith reactions you can make is when you feel like crying. You just laugh at it. You feel like getting desperate and hopeless and just throwing yourself on the bed and crying your eyes out. To get up in the face of that and laugh at it is strong faith and strong medicine. 
Anybody can fall across the chair and cry. People are doing that all over the world. Anybody can do that. Just act like you, how you feel. There is something else you can do. No matter what kind of tribulation, trial, test, hardship, what do you do? Count it. Count it all. Joy. How can you do that? How can you do that? You can't do it by looking at the problem. You can't do it by fixating on failure. You can't. So how are you going to do it? If you're surrounded by a problem, if you're hurting in your body, if somebody's acting like the devil, if the bills are calling your name, staring you in the face, how are you going to be happy about that? You don't have to be happy about that. But you need to be happy about something. How did Jesus endure the cross? For the joy that was set before him. Even though he was in the midst of the pain, he saw the other side. He saw resurrection. He saw victory. And faith sees the victory. In the middle of the battle. Faith shouts. While the walls are still up. While the walls are staring you in the face. Saying no way. No how. You're never getting in here. Unbelief cries. He goes well we tried. We did what we could. It just wasn't meant to be. Faith shouts. It says dumb wall. You are not keeping us out. We laugh at you all. You're coming down. With not a clue as to how that could ever happen. You go ahead and rejoice now. Ahead of time. Before you see it. Before you feel it. That's, that's not understood by most. But that is strong faith. Strong faith. People might look at you and go, bless their hearts. I guess it's affected their mind. Look at them over there rejoicing. They don't even know how how much trouble they're in. Anybody can give up and quit and perish. It's happening, happening by the millions all around us all the time. And it's not to say you won't have some feelings because you will. You will feel like being despondent. You will feel like being depressed. You will feel like being scared. You will feel it. The thoughts and the feelings will come. And they're real. And they can be strong. And when they do. What you decide to do with that. How you decide to respond. Determines whether you win or lose. Whether you go down or whether you come out. Hmm? You go under or you go over. It takes courage. It takes faith. When you feel like running and hiding and crying. To look it in the eye and go. Ha! <laughs> Dumb devil. You're defeated. 
You're under my feet. I'm a winner. Do you know who's in me? Do you know who is in me? The spirit that moved and hovered over the face of the deep in Genesis. The spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. Why should I be afraid of you? Why should I be afraid of failure? I am an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. And you go ahead and you rejoice in the pain, in the feelings, in the bad reports. You rejoice anyway. You count it all joy. Count it all joy. Why? Not looking at the problem, looking at the outcome. Looking at the joy set before you. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. None of these things move me. Say it again. None of these things move me. You got any more time tonight? You got time? Go to John. Gospel account of John, 15th chapter. And then also I think we'll find Philippians 2. John 15. Joy is where you want to live. (laughs) You get enough of this joy happening in your life. You won't need emotional crutches. You won't need chemical crutches. Did you hear me, friends? You won't need them. You won't even want them. They're a poor, 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 poor substitute for the real thing, and they don't work anyway. They don't accomplish what you need. This joy is real. I said this joy is real. God is real. This joy is real. And this joy is his will. When Jesus came on the scene, what did he come with? He came with joy. The angels announcing him, what did he say? I got some good news. And the good news is about the great joy. Great joy. Now religion has turned this thing around. And you got statues and pictures of distorted looking long hollow eyed drawn out Jesus representations pain pain sin pain sin pain Jesus is not on the cross tonight saints hadn't been for a long long time he's not at the scourging post he's not in the tomb come on are you listening to me not for a long 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 time it was hard it was bad and you know how he got through it for the joy that was set before him but he didn't stay there he overcame death hell and the grave he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high and Jesus is not hurting tonight 
People need to quit you just hanging around the tomb and come over to Acts on the day of Pentecost <laughs> and keep go, keep moving. Some folks got stuck, didn't they? They got stuck somewhere. <laughs> John 15, Jesus said this, revealing to us how to get and keep and live in this joy we're talking about. Jesus said, John 15, 10, if you keep my commandments, Jesus said, you shall abide in my love. Now, abide means you live there, not, not visit. You dwell there. You stay there. You live there. You live in my love. Now, I think a lot of times when people have read that, they think you will live in walking in love with other people. That's not the main emphasis. That is a fruit of that. The love of God is love. If you're living in love, you're living in an environment. You're living in a a manifested realm. You live in my love even as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Verse 11. These things I've spoken to you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. You know, I think much of the church world has experienced precious little of this joy. It's, it's, it's not good. It's, it's not supposed to be this way. We're supposed to be the most joyous bunch on the planet. It's a huge part of our witness. I'm not talking about just being silly and goofy. I'm talking about this, the real thing. This abiding joy. That just keeps you strong. All the time. This undefeatable joy. Unconquerable joy. Hmm? The engine's on fire. Okay. I'll deal with that later. I got joy. I got joy. I got joy. They called you a bad name. Okay. They ain't getting my joy. It's not robbing my joy. Hmm? They stole that from you. They took that away from you. Hmm. My good stuff's in heaven. <laughs> they can't get that. Hmm. <laughs> this is just my temporary stuff down here. I'm I'm using anyway. <laughs> oh, friends, are you listening with your heart? Where the enemy is, is, is defeating good Christian people is when that report, that thing, whatever it is, they hear it, they experience it, and it pierces them because they let it pierce them, and, all, and, and their, their joy goes away. 
and their peace goes away and you can see the countenance on their face change and they get so serious and they get so intense and they don't realize you just let him win. Because if you go home and you stew on that and you fume over that and you, and you, you know, all you got to do is check up on yourself. Look, there's two, two gauges on your faith mobile that you need to keep an eye on. Hmm? One of them is your joy gauge. And one of them is your peace gauge. How many know there's some gauges on your car you better check once in a while? Right? Like a fuel gauge. Right? If that E gets, if that, that needle gets over there on E and just keeps hanging around there, hanging around there, hanging around there, you never look at it, you never check it, guess what? Guess what? <laughs> and I saw, see some people nodding from experience. Say, you know, hello, shoe soul express. <laughs> Can be very inconvenient. And, and, and you better keep an eye on your joy gauge. You better keep an eye on your peace gauge. Because when your joy gets over here on zero, it's not going to be long till your faith mobile sputters to a stop and leaves you on the roadside of despair. you got to have it. It's not optional. If you're going to be victorious, if you're going to overcome, if you're going to have miracles, you've got to have faith. And faith is connected to joy. If you're believing, you got some joy. You do. Every time. I'm in faith about this church, about Sarasota Church, about More Life Ministries, about this Word Production Center, about the future. I, I, I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the pieces. I don't know how it's all going to happen. I don't have to. I don't have to know all that. I do have to believe. And if I believe that these things are all going to work out and that it's going to happen according to the will and plan of God, whatever it takes, it's going to happen. That will make me happy. And there's a lot of things going on. There will be some things come up. And folks go, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? Where is this going to come from? What about this? I must not fixate on any of that. Should I? I must not get to thinking, well, oh, no. That's going to cost $10 million. I don't even know anybody that knows anybody that knows anybody that has $10 million. (laughs) Yeah, I do. I do know somebody. <laughs> I do know somebody. Who knows somebody? <laughs> but you can fixate on stuff. Just in the, the last couple of decades. Ministry projects and this church and that church there. And there's been time after time when people would say, uh, that can't be done. That's, that's not going to work. Can't be done. 
And you've got to be able to hear that kind of thing and still have joy when they get through talking. Come on, are y'all listening to me or not? To, to hear people tell you that what you desire and what you believe is supposed to happen is not going to happen. And you just hear it and count it all joy. You just go, thank you for your time. <laughs> hmm? And in your heart you're going, there's a way. There is a way. There's a way. Hmm? There's a way. And you keep seeking till you find it. But the moment somebody rubs you the wrong way, somebody rains on your parade, somebody gets in your way, and you take it to heart, and you plop down, and you start grieving. And he starts saying, how, how could they do that to me? I was counting on them. And after all I've done for them. Where's your joy? Where's your joy? Right now, where's your joy? There's none. I mean none. Are you okay? You're not okay. You're in danger of losing a battle. Did you hear me, saints? You just got diagnosed with this. It's terminal. It's incurable. The natural reaction is to plop down and go, (laughs) I had so many plans. Things I wanted to do. Well, you're going to go like everybody else then. You're not going to have a miracle. Are y'all with me, saints? If you can see past all this stuff. If you can see the end, if you can say with long life, he will satisfy me and show me his salvation. God's bigger than this. I'm going to run my race. I'm going to finish my course. If the Lord has things for me to do and to run my race and finish my course, obviously he does. I'm alive. I'm here. He's got a plan for my life. Do we have to say, "Uh uh-oh, you've been diagnosed with cancer Sorry, God, we're not going to be able to do your plan. Huh? No. We will overcome. We will overcome. We will overcome. How are we going to do it? Nothing is going to steal our joy. Nothing is going to rob us. Hmm? Of our overcoming joy. Our unconquerable joy. Joy. It makes us strong. It makes us strong in our spirit. Strong in our soul. Strong in our mind. Strong in our body. It puts strength in our words. It puts strength in our face. Puts strength in our touch. And nobody and nothing has the power to take that out of you and rip that out of you if you're willing to hold on to it. Nothing. Things can happen around you, but nobody can get inside you and take it out of you unless you let it. Wrap your arms around yourself. 
Say it out loud. I got joy. The joy of the Lord is in me. And nothing can take it out. Nothing can pull it out of me. Nobody. Nothing. I'm keeping my joy. Keeping my joy. You live in joy. Work in joy. Hmm? Play in joy. Visit the relatives in joy. <laughs> Eat other folks cooking with joy. Deal with traffic. Enjoy. Deal with the airlines. Come on, I'm not losing you, am I? I mean, some people look at me like, The less you like it, the less you look forward to it, the harder it was last time, the more important it is that you get your joy cranked up, right? Before you start dealing with it again. Because it's how you overcome. It's how Jesus faced the cross. Hmm? If he could get through the cross, you could sure get through a delayed flight. Huh? Or a family squabble. Huh? Huh? One thing I'm learning the, the further I go and the more I grow and I believe mature, I believe I'm developing, the more I see a sign of immaturity is making a big deal out of nothing. You see it right and left. People make these huge deals, they get so upset, and they cause so many problems over stuff that just is so trivial. And inconsequential and insignificant. But the reason they don't see it, they think it's important, is their immaturity. Their carnality, unspiritualness. The more I've grown, and as decades have gone by, things I used to make an issue out of, I just say, oh, we got a fire. (laughs) I'll deal with that later. If I need to. Hmm? The Lord will show me. Some things, all you need to do is pray about it. Leave it alone. Other things you don't even need to pray about. You need to do absolutely nothing about it except keep your mouth shut. Other things you will need to deal with, but now is not the time. And this is not the place and this is not the way. The Lord will show you where, when, and how. Hmm? Are y'all with me, saints? But if you just every other day, something is going all over you, and you just get so mad you can't hardly talk, where's your joy? Where's your joy when that's going on? It's gone. 
And I don't care how badly you may have been mistreated, you're in the wrong in letting that happen in you. You're letting the enemy toy with you and play with you. Jesus Christ is the same. Somebody say, the same. Say it again, the same yesterday, today, forever. And the more like him you become, the more like that you are. Hmm? Keith, Susie, Bob, Joe, the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Didn't move us then, not going to move us now. Not moving us now, not going to move us tomorrow. Now some things, will, some things will broadside you. Some things will hit you. And it will startle you. And the feelings are real. And the thoughts are real. But it's in those first few moments. The, the way you deal with it determines whether you win or lose. You've got to get a hold of yourself. And even when it doesn't feel like it and look like it, you must count it. All joy. And get your eyes off of this stuff and get your eyes on the end. And go, I'm coming over this. The Lord has brought me through again and again and again. And this will be no different. Nothing's too hard for him. He's with me. He's for me. Right? I'm coming through. Hmm? So I can go ahead and rejoice about it right now. Before I ever see or feel anything. Hmm? I can go ahead and rejoice and go, glory to God. And as I focus on him... And as I'm looking unto him, the author and the finisher of my faith, that joy begins to stir. It begins, it's real. It's a real force. And as it begins to stir, it gives you strength that you didn't have. It gives you strength beyond your little strength. These things I've spoken to you that, you're, that my joy might remain in you, John 15, 11, and that your joy might be full. Verse 12, this is my commandment. He started out by saying, if you keep my commandments, then he says, this is my commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Now, we're going to get into one of the biggest keys of keeping and maintaining your joy. Do you want to hear it? We know. We've already seen some things. One is don't, don't fixate on the, the problems and issues. Looking to him. The author and finisher. Faith in him. Looking to him. But this is such a big one. Philippians 2. Describes some detail of what he just mentioned here. What does keeping the commandment to love one another. Have to do with your joy being full. He linked them together. I think most Christians don't think of that together. But that's what he was talking about. Verse 11. These things I've spoken to you that my joy might remain in you. And that your joy might be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I've loved you. That goes together. When people think of walking in love with folks. They don't generally think of ecstatic full joy. They think of. Okay. I better walk in love. It's going to be tough. I'm not going to like it. I know, but I better be a good Christian. 
in most Christians' mind, walking in love, loving other people is not tied to full joy. But it is. I said it is. Philippians, second chapter. Philippians 2 and 4. You'll see something that is repeated in virtually all the epistles. You see some form of it over and over and over again. Philippians 2, 4. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Look not on your own things or your own interests, but on the things of others. Should you be focused on your things, your stuff? Most people are. Is that what the Bible told us to do? Said, so don't do that. What should you focus on? Other people's things, interest issues. Let me read some other other passages. First, hold your place in, in Philippians. Go to First Corinthians ten, or just look at the screen. First Corinthians ten twenty four. Ten twenty four. Let no man seek his own. But every man another's. The, today's English version says, No one should be looking out for his own interest, but for the interests of others. Really? Search out and you'll see, in some form, you'll find this over and over again in the epistles. Why? Because seeking after what you want does not give you joy. It actually make you, makes you unhappy. Hmm? But being a part of giving somebody else joy, you're sowing it. And it's going to come back to you. Multiplied. The key to big joy, full joy, is not in focusing on what you want. It's the opposite. It's in focusing on other people. What the Lord wants. And what they need and want. This is contrary. To how most folks think. They think well if I, if I could get that car I'd be happy. If I could get that house I'd be happy. If I could get you know I want to be married. Or I want, to be, I want this or I want that. If I could get that I'd be happy. Actually, no, you could get everything you thought you ever wanted in this, in this world and that will not give you fullness of joy. It cannot give you fullness of joy. That's not how you're made. That's not how things are. But anybody that's ever been a part of helping somebody else's dream come true or relieving somebody else's load or their joy being manifested, no, there is nothing like it. You get joy. You get joy. Not, not a giddy happiness. Not a, a temporary gratification. You get joy. A deep, powerful joy. Can you say glory to God? 1 Corinthians 13.5 in the Amplified says, Love does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it is not Self-seeking. The love of God is not self-seeking. 
Now this is contrary to your flesh. To yours, to mine. You know what your flesh wants? It wants what it wants. Hmm? (laughs) And the more fleshly you are, the more you think about what you want. And what you need. What you desire. What you want. (laughs) I know. I remember distinctly. It's been nearly 30 years ago. I was in the floor. A little place where I was beginning ministry. Praying about some things. And I was troubled about some things. I had some problems in my life. Looking back now they're laughable. They're just nothing to them. But I was troubled about them. How many of little ones are troubled about very inconsequential things? Hmm? You can see little ones out crying their eyes out. What happened? Dolly lost an arm. (laughs) And in the worldwide scope of things, that's not a blip on the radar. But she's upset. Heaving. Crying. (laughs) But it's only because she's such an immature child. And so I was troubled, concerned, and I'm praying about this and about that and about this. The Lord spoke to my heart. I don't mean I heard a voice, but inside me. He said, son, if you'll just forget about yourself, most of these problems will just disappear. I thought... Hmm? I sat up. I quit praying. I thought, huh? If I just forget about myself, these problems will just go away. Really? I began to think, well, if I, if I, again, I I was thinking about how this made me feel or how this was going to affect me or how this was going to affect what I wanted or I wanted to do. It was all about me. And if I'd quit thinking about me, I could just go ahead and be happy right now today. <laughs> Anybody awake? Are you, are you here? The more you focus on what you need, what you want... What you got to have, what you so like, that will make and keep you miserable. Because I don't care if you get everything on your list. You'll have a new list next week. Are y'all with me now? And there will always be something that's just out of reach. I want you to listen to a powerful word right now, Scripture. You are complete in Him. Sit out loud. I am complete. In Him. You know when that is? That's right now. Where that is? Right where you sit. Not when you get your next house and stuff or when you get married or when you get this in ministry. No, no, no. You are, are, are. Complete in Him. 
You are complete. In Him. Now. A house is not going to make you complete. A car is not going to make you complete. Marriage is not going to make you complete. You need to be complete when you come into the marriage. This constant neediness is what destroys marriages. Hmm? You all with me? Say it out loud. I am complete. In him. Say it again. I am. Complete. In him. How much longer you got to wait till you can be happy? Huh? When? When, When's going to be the big mark? When you can be truly happy. When you can be content. When you can be satisfied. When you can go, whoo, now I can be happy. When? When's that going to happen? When? When? You are complete. Somebody say, I am. I am. That's why he said, set your affection on things above, not on the things on the earth. You died. Your life is hid with Christ in God. Hmm? You're crucified with him. Nevertheless, you live. Yet not you, but Christ lives in you. I'm complete. Right, right here, right now, I'm complete. I don't have to grow some more. I don't have to get some more. I don't have to accomplish some more. I am complete in him. I have everything I need to be happy, to be fulfilled. I don't have everybody with me on this. I don't, I don't hear you. I'm telling you, if you think that next car or house or marriage is going to get it, you are mistaken. You're wrong. If you have him, you have it all. I said you have it all. You have everything you need for peace that passes understanding. For joy unspeakable and full of glory. You got it now. 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 Right now. Hallelujah. In closing, I think, go to 1 Peter. First Peter, singers and players, y'all can come on up. Oh, thank you, Lord. First Peter 1. First Peter 1. Joy. I get joy when I think about it. <laughs> what he's done for me. I don't have to wait till I get something new. Hmm? I don't have to wait till I pay off my bills. I don't have to wait until I get out of debt. I'm free right now. 
I'm free right now. <laughs> My sins are washed away. Now. I'm not waiting on that. My name's in the Lamb's book of life. Now. 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 I don't have to try to get it in there. I don't have to try to live better and maybe they'll put it in there. It's in there right now. Hmm? I want to please the Lord. I want to run my race. I, I want to, to do the things and, and have the reward. But I don't have to do anything else or do anything else to be content and be fulfilled inside because He is my completion. He is my fulfillment. He, he's everything I need. He's done it all. Is it true, friends? He's my joy. He's my peace. He's my strength. He's my grace. I am complete. I am complete. Somebody needs to say it. I am complete. I am complete in Him. Well, I, I, I got to get this healing. I got to get this healing and, and then I'll be okay. No, He already got the healing. <laughs> well, I got to get it manifested. No, you don't. You're complete right now. Hmm? Well, I got to get this worked out and I got to get it. See, friends, are you listening? The enemy is such a liar. He's such a subtle deceiver. He's always trying to put something in there without you realizing it, but you're holding off your, your fulfillment and your satisfaction and your peace. Uh, we got to get this fixed first. And, and then maybe when we get this done, and, and, and I'll feel better when we get that. And, and when you get there, I'm telling you, there'll be something else. He'll have something else going by then, and it never ends. It never stops. There'll always be a reason why you feel justified in moping around, hmm? not having joy, not having peace. There's always some reason, and it's a lie. I said it's a lie. It's lying vanities. You need to say none of these things. Move me. I don't have to wait another minute to be full of joy. I don't have to wait another second to have peace of mind. I don't have to wait to know that I'm loved by God, the creator of the universe. I don't have to. I'm accepted. I'm not working on getting accepted. I am accepted in Christ. Now. Now, on my way to heaven, shouting the victory. <laughs> First Peter. First Peter 1. Oh, I'd have preached myself happy tonight. I believe it. I believe it. He said, verse 5, we are kept, 1 Peter 1, 5, we're kept by the power of God. How? Through faith. Unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein you greatly rejoice. You're doing what? In the middle of what? Though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations, you're greatly rejoicing. Through heaviness, 
through manifold temptations, you're doing what? Not just rejoicing. Greatly. Greatly. Oh, friends, you get a hold of this. The devil can't do anything with you. I'm telling you, you will be completely unmanageable for him. That you just, you just won't turn loose of your joy. It doesn't matter what's happening. It can be heaviness feelings and manifold temptations. And your response is greatly rejoice. Somebody was telling Brother Oral Roberts years ago. He had some issues and they were talking about a procedure. And they were telling him, you know, it might not work. He might not make it through the procedure. <laughs> he leaned back. He said, the alternative is stunning. <laughs> to what? To if I don't make it. Say, you may die. You can get happy about that. Can you see a person like that? You can't shake them. You can't defeat them. You got joy if you live. You got joy if you die. You got joy if they do. You got joy if they don't. You are unconquerable. You're undefeatable. Joy if you feel it. Joy if you don't. Joy if you look like it. Joy if you don't. (laughs) He said that the trial of your faith. Being much more precious. Than of gold that perishes. Though it be tried with fire. Might be found unto praise. And honor and glory. At the appearing of Jesus Christ. Do you know this is where we're all headed. And our faith. On that day and in those days is going to gleam like refined gold for everybody to see. Whom having not seen, you love. Do you love him, saints? Maybe you've never seen him, but you love him. In whom though now you see him not, yet believing, you do what? You rejoice. He's already said they're in the middle of all kind of temptations and, and heaviness. Yet you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Read the next word. Read the next word. Next word after that. Receiving. <laughs> Receiving. Because this is Faith. When nothing shakes you, nothing moves you, nothing gets you down, nothing overcomes you, nothing can cause you to quit or to give up. You receive. You receive what you're believing for. Receiving the end of your faith. All the way, even the salvation of your soul. From start to finish. Everything in between. Brother Jerry Savelle popularized a message years ago the Lord gave him the title was if the devil can't steal your joy he can't get your goods <laughs> if he can't steal your joy he can't get your stuff he can't keep you out of the blessing he can't keep you out of your healing he can't, if he can't get your joy why because your joy is, is inseparable from your faith 
your expectation and your faith are joined together. That's why you hear me ask you frequently, how would you know you're believing? How would you know you're in faith about that? Well, you'd have some joy, wouldn't you? You'd have some, you'd have some joy about some miraculous thing happening in your life. Wouldn't you? Stand on your feet, everybody. It's not too late to stir up some joy tonight. Oh, hallelujah. Can we sing this joy unspeakable and full of glory? Is that what you're going to say? Well, yay. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory.
Every time you hear a word from the Lord, you're supposed to act on it. You're supposed to be a doer of it. Put it into practice. Do you really have to wait till something else happens before you can have joy, before you can rejoice? Get something, do something before you can be complete? No, you don't. You can do it right now. So everybody, everybody, lift up your hands. Sing it again. Oh, it is joy unspeakable and full of glory. saints a number of things are going on here tonight this is not just some silly something if some folks don't make some adjustments and begin to rejoice some more they're, they're in danger of losing some battles in, in days to come time to come some folks are really deficient in this area they're accustomed to yielding to heaviness and depression and don't realize how wrong that's not our lifestyle that we're supposed to have. If we can make the adjustment now and begin to practice more of this, then you'll overcome in days, days coming. You'll not lose battles, you'll win. Now's the time to make the adjustment. I said, now's the time to make the adjustment. Now's the time. Everybody said out loud, I will rejoice. I will rejoice and be glad in the Lord. Sing that verse again. tonight when you get home you can use it in your house in your car tomorrow stir yourself up and start isn't it great the, the very verse says it, it's within my soul it's springing up joy 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 I have joy and you don't have to feel like it at all to say it that's what faith is all about
Altar workers, would you come? If you have any questions about being right with God or getting back to the Lord or being filled with the Spirit or these folks are ready to pray with you or just shout with you, celebrate. There's a number on the screen there. If you're watching my internet, you can call that number. Somebody's ready to pray with you or celebrate with you there as well. Adjustments. Everybody say adjustments. Adjustments need to be made now so that victories are assured in the future. We live in a depressed world. Did you notice it? And you can be depressed around most folks. They will hardly even notice it. But it is not the life of a believer. Jesus was anointed with the oil of gladness above all his fellows. There's a reason why little kids love to be around Jesus. And it wasn't because he was no grouchy sort. Full of life, full of joy, full of peace. Hallelujah. When you walk in the room, things ought to brighten up. And it's not from just acting silly. It's because you got something in you. And it's real. Hallelujah. Let's sing it as we go. Sing that verse again. I have found the joy no time.